0: Welcome to Techno and Travel, the podcast of Tunes and Wings. My name is Sabine Spedling, and today I take you on a journey of Jaime Fiorito about rituals and tribes. Jaime is an artist and music curator born and based on Ibiza. He really grew up in the clubs here on the island and after Jaime was traveling around the world, um, getting new influences from other countries, he came back to Ibiza in 2008 and since then he is emerging himself in the local music industry, for example with a wonderful project on La Granca. There he is the music curator of one of the most influential private parties, which is called Farmer's Ritual. He's attracting like-minded people of a special tribe there. And we're talking about this. Then we're also talking about the childhood, the magic of the island, how the scene evolved, in his opinion, about music tourism on the island. And of course, his must-see spots on Ibiza. So enjoy! Hi, we are here on Ibiza in the beautiful Las Dalías Cafe. You're an artist and music curator, born and based on Ibiza. Welcome to our interview. Hello there. (laughs) So, before we dive into Ibiza and your career and the music, tell us a bit about your musical journey. You were born here, but you also moved to different places around the world till you finally came back. Um, Tell us about that journey.
1: Okay, so yes, I was born in Ibiza in the late 70s. Um, Mixed parents, uh, Argentinian and Swiss. And I grew up in Ibiza in my childhood, but then moved to uh, Germany and Switzerland, where I spent 10, 12 years of my life. And after what, I moved back to Spain and lived in Barcelona for a few years. I started... Um, with music probably when I was 18 I'm 42 now and by collecting vinyl by buying early early house music American and English some electronic music and it's when I did a move to London in uh, I would say early 2000 that I got really into music I started working in record shops I started digging into a lot of different styles of music, jazz, eclectic, funk. And I really got like a deeper knowledge of music. So I spent a few years in London working in record shops and then also uh, playing in different smaller underground parties and getting a real taste for alternative music. Um, in 2000, mid-2000s, I think, I came back to Ibiza and I decided to open my own record shop, which was great until it lasted, <laughs> um, simply for the reason that the digital area took over, I would say, 2007, 2008, and um, record shops were actually closing one after the other. Um, a hype for vinyl came back in a few years later, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing that anymore. Um, I've always been passionate by music, always been passionate by playing music, by making people dance and I think I've been playing now in Ibiza for, in Ibiza and worldwide for almost 20 years Um, and recently I've been starting to work on a project called La Granja for the last three years where I curate different events and I take care of all the programming and the musical direction for for the venue. Um, So, yeah, this is it, pretty much.
0: Which is a very beautiful one. I love (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, Your dad is the father of the Balearic sound on Ibiza, um, DJ Alfredo. So you were already in touch with electronic music since right from the beginning. Um, When you take a look back on your childhood how did you yeah how did you perceive the scene and how did you perceive Ibiza itself as an island
1: so that's an interesting question i was actually kind of felt into it when i was a kid in the sense that my father was involved with music and djing since the mid 80s and i was spending a lot of time in the summers with my dad So when my father was going to work, I had the option to either stay at home and, you know, play the Nintendo or go with him to the club. So I decided to go with him to the club Um, because I was very young. Probably I was nine or ten. By midnight when the club was opening, I was pretty much dead and also ready to go to bed so i would spend the nights in the club in the office and basically hear every single song that my dad would be playing until 6 or 7 in the morning when when he finally decided to stop playing and by then he would wake me up and and i would go home so i kind of grew up with this whole like crazy nightlife experience in in the backstage, I would say. Um, but it was really a lot of fun and it was really interesting and it kind of put the foundation for what then became my passion. And uh, still nowadays, I really admire how my dad is still in the business, still playing music, and I can kind of really understand his vision because I saw it from the very beginning until now and that's where I also learned my things from, yeah. Yeah.
0: And how was it as a kid living on Ibiza? How did you perceive the island itself?
1: So the island was very, very different. So I perceived it, obviously, childhood. um, The 70s and the 80s were very different. There was a big hippie scene. The scene was not as international. Um, There was no motorways, no billboards, no superstar DJs. There was no VIPs. It was all about... You know, um, parties where people were on the same level, where the artist would basically meet the young entrepreneur, or not even entrepreneur, the, the young person that wanted to create something, and it was very interesting, it was a very free time with less judgment, no social media. It was a very different time and I think that people who had the chance to be part of that will, will keep it as their golden, golden memories. Uh, for me as a kid it was fantastic because I made extremely good friends and who I still know now and uh, yeah, it was a beautiful time. I'm not saying that it's less good now, I just think that the island has changed a lot um, in all those years, yeah. Yeah.
0: And people, when they talk about Ibiza, they always say it's the magical island of Ibiza. (laughs) Why do you think it's magical?
1: Well, there could be many reasons for that. (laughs) I think it's magical because as soon as you get off the plane or the boat and you come to Ibiza, you feel, and it sounds extremely cliche to say that, but you just feel a different energy. You're not within any kind of boundaries like you are in in other cities of the world, there is a bit of a free spirit going on here and everyone is kind of doing what they want or trying to realize their own little dream. As much as people do that in New York professionally, in here people do it as a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, everyone that came to the island came to the island because they kind of didn't enjoy where they were and they were looking for a new adventure. And they came here and kind of started from scratch. And I think that a lot of people find the magic on the island because they're able to develop whatever their dream is. And... And I think that's amazing. And then obviously a lot of people come here on holiday, are very relaxed, having new experiences, meeting new people. And I think the combination of where the island is geographically, the mixture of cultures, the not the lack, but not having those straight boundaries as you have in other places, all those things and all those combinations create what people call magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that even nowadays people are still feeling that, even off season, not necessarily only when the club season is on. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's what I think is magic.
0: And what makes Ibiza a home for you? What, what What is the thing why you call the island your home? Or what creates that feeling of feeling at home?
1: So I think that I have simply been able to create my own dream and my own dream is to be in a place where I can connect with a lot of different people uh, from a lot of different nationalities, with different backgrounds, different cultures, and, and feel connected to a community. Mm, I also think that um, the island has given me a lot of knowledge about myself um, and connected more with myself, which sometimes... When I lived in places like London or I lived in places like Barcelona or Berlin, I not always felt very connected with myself. I felt like I was running in a pace of other people. Um, and in here, you really get to spend more time with yourself and and yeah, just basically connect, which is a beautiful feeling. And then I think one thing leads into another. If you connect with yourself and you open up, then... You also get to realize projects that you like, and before you know it, the place where you're working and where you have friends have, has become home. Yeah. yeah:
0: So true, and I think also that the nature is really helping that, because you were mentioning cities like Barcelona, London. Yeah. So of course there are parks and everything, but here the island is so small within one hour you're on the other side of the island and you drive through beautiful nature that helps connecting with so yourself. True. Yeah. So within the more than 20 years that you're already active in the scene now here, what do you think? How did it evolve? Like the milestones that you recognized?
1: So, mm, OK, it's an it's an extensive yes. question <laughs> or answer. <laughs> um, there's different milestones. I think there was the milestone of the movement in the mid- mid-80s mid which the British have called the Summer of Love in like 86 and 88 which uh, was a huge milestone because it it made for the first time that the island became known internationally mm-hmm. through British press um, the early 90s became also very British influenced but also by a lot of Germans and I think that what happened in the 90s that wasn't before is that for the very first time foreign promoters came to the islands. When you look at the 80s, the clubs were always run by Ibisengkan people and the DJs were always local. In the early 90s, promoters came and started bringing their own DJs. In the mid-90s, the promoters started turning into brands and then bigger names like Ministry of Sound or... What else came at that time? Um, a lot of cream I think came also in that time a lot of very big English brands came and were basically followed by all their all their crowd. Um, in I would say in early 2000 the island became more known also by, by Americans and a lot of other bigger artists came like Eric Morillo and all this like bigger American sound, house legends, so suddenly it became massive. Um, and I think the really big milestone for me and that change that for me wasn't so good is in, in the mid-2000s when social media basically was really starting to to make a place and club started becoming more VIPs concierge service started uh, and there was a bit of a division in classes if you had money you were in the VIP if you had no money you were looking down so i think that was really the big the big change that changed everything is social media and uh, and the big birth of VIPs and concierges and I think that since then, which is mid, late 2000s, since then I think that the island has very split mm. in the scenes. So, so
0: it was not like that before because no. clubs like I mean Privilege they are a capacity of ten thousand,
1: yeah.
0: and. Of course, there were also cele- celebrities back then, but mm-hmm. it was not divided.
1: It wasn't divided. I think the celebrity and the people that were actually going to the clubs were totally mixed up. Of course, there were certain areas and there were certain areas that had privileged access, but in re- in the real thing that made Ibiza was the mix of the audience, which now, if you go to any big club, first of all, you find about 50 people in the DJ booth. Then you find places like... I don't actually want to say names. You find places where the VIP is actually bigger than the dance floor. (laughs) And, And it's a little bit of a shame. And of course, I understand that club owners invest a lot of money in their businesses and they want to get the best numbers out of it. But unfortunately, you're killing the spirit of what actually created the whole thing in the first place. So this is a little bit the direction that Ibiza has taken. And, of course, with that comes huge social media, huge branding, billboards. You know, you, you drive into Ibiza from the airport and you see dozens of billboards all over the road. This is something that only came about 10 years ago. Um, and I think that this, this, like, superhero interpretation of the DJs is, is, is a little bit wrong to my taste. But this is what changed for me. But what I do feel that is happening now, especially in the in the scene of people who have a little bit more experience with music and and travel a little bit more, is that um, people want to get back to community. They want to get back to a scene where they can talk to a person who is totally different to them, where they can mix in the classes. And that's why I think smaller projects like La Granja or other projects that are happening on the island are working is because people wanna be on the same level as the person next to me, next to them. Um, And that's what we're trying to create also. Stop the division of classes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I can agree to 100% because that's why I've never been to Amnesia, because I only came to Ibiza the first time in 2016 Mm -hmm. and then it already was ongoing, what you just said before. So... I like love places like La Granka because their music is really experienced as what it is in the core, a form of art mm-hmm. and art should be available for everyone. Exactly. And the DJ should be not on a podest or something like outside of the community, but it's something you can enjoy in a community altogether together and, and feel the vibe. Exactly. So by looking at the times we just or you just talked about, what was what you would you say personally? What was your favorite era?
1: Um, I would say very very beginning of two thousand was an amazing time. Two thousand and two thousand and one was really fantastic. I was working with my with my father. Um, he would be working at this party called Manumission in Privilege, which had an audience of ten thousand people every week. And on a Monday, which was crazy and I would be working in the after-party at Space, which now is called High. And uh, at midday, every Tuesday morning, him and me would be playing together uh, in this crazy after-party where absolutely everyone was dressed up and having a lot of fun. And for me, this like connection I had with him and the audience at the daytime party and everything was an amazing experience. And we did it for, for two summers. And um, it was great. It was an amazing memory. And I think that what has been built over the last two years uh, with La Granja project is another highlight for me in the sense that I feel like I'm totally separated from the actual club scene of Ibiza. But I'm really happy about that because we are creating something different people might like it might not like it but we're creating a new identity and I'm, I'm extremely happy about the following and 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 how happy all my friends are about it simply that creating happiness in the community and it's fantastic yeah yeah
0: so beautiful so beautiful Um tourism is the biggest source for Im- income on Ibiza of course and especially during the summer I heard a local saying summer is for the guests and winter is for ourselves. (laughs) How do you see the music tourism on the island?
1: I think there's a bit of truth in there. What happens also is that um, a lot of people make, run their businesses through the summer. So anything from June until end of September, usually people who live on the island all year round. Everyone who lives here is working like crazy, they're running around, they don't really have time to see their friends, they're just trying to get their business running and it is true that during those four months everyone is pretty much taking care of tourism and of their business. Um, But you know, we have another eight months of the year which are amazing and we're very lucky to have a very long season that I heard now this year the clubs are opening early May so the island is usually already busy as from April and the season finishes in November so it it still gives plenty of time for people to enjoy the summer so to say and then the winter is really for the locals to exchange Mm -hmm. do smaller gatherings and do more cultural things so I think in the end the balance is pretty good Mm -hmm. but it is true that the four months peak months of the summer people are into their businesses yeah Yeah, that's true
0: Let's talk about the heavenly place La Granca. <laughs> you already said some words about it. Yeah. Um, I bumped into La Granca um, coincidentally um, 2016 I guess because we went to the after party of Wu Moon Festival oh, which yeah. was there with Rampyu. It was yeah. amazing yeah. and that's how I got to know this place and from that day on I always come back when I'm here And you are the musical curator of a wonderful program. Um, Tell us a bit about the program, the idea behind it and your job there.
1: Okay, so I mean the idea behind La Granja is basically to create small private events accessible for friends and friends of friends. Um, The musical direction behind it is to offer something that is in the same time underground and fresh but then doesn't become too nerdy and is accessible to everyone which means that if you're really into underground music you're going to love it and if you don't know anything about music you're still going to love it so we're trying to create something that works for everyone the other idea as well is that we're not trying to do any kind of mass promotion. We will never do any flyers or put posters on the walls of bars or trying to give bracelets to people because the idea really is that you come in because a friend of yours is going and really wants you to join as well, which always creates this family feeling because you move you move into a place with a community feeling and it's like being in a big birthday party week after week. The music, you know, as I said, is a mix. We're, we're working with a lot of artists from Berlin. We're working with artists from, from London and different people that are traveling from the US or from Brazil and that are passing by. Um, I, could, I could talk about a lot of different names, um, but I don't really want to give an identity through names. I just think that people need to come and experience the music by, co- by just coming and enjoying it. And, um, and by eating. And by eating, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, And by eating as well, because the, the whole thing about La Granja is that it's a full immersive experience where you can go have a beautiful sunset, you're in a farm on the countryside, you can have amazing farm-to-table food, and then after your dinner have an amazing dance, and by midnight the event is finished and everyone goes home with a smile which is pretty different to the 7 in the morning finish of a normal club. Um, and this is what we want to continue doing. Something where people leave with a smile, wanting more, but just giving them the, enough taste to want to come back on the following week. The other thing as well is that we really don't want to become too big. The idea is that once our guest list, so to say, because it's a guest listed event, is, has reached a limit, we close it and we don't allow too many people to come to the event because we don't want people to be queuing or to like have an experience where there are too many people in the venue. So the idea is that if people want to come, find out soon enough when it is, you know, find a way to know how to get on the guest list and come in and just enjoy a really nice night. Yeah. So
0: no tips how to get on the guest list now. <laughs>
1: oh, I think I think If you know people who go, you will always find a way to get in there, of course. Always.
0: (laughs) So, La Granca is, um, as you just said, also based on rituals, on that certain kind of people that are seeking for something authentic. And... um, It's also similar to, for example, the Papaya Playa project on Tulum and the Scorpios on Mykonos. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this kind of movement is the future or maybe back to the roots thing for this kind of electronic music or for a certain type of people that are in the scene that want to have this immersive experience?
1: I think that it's definitely a movement. Um, It is a movement that is happening, you know, as you said, between Mykonos, between Tulum, some places in Bali. But I wouldn't put a sticker on it. I think that um, each place is working because of their independent tourist market. And I think that in Ibiza, we are actually totally overloaded with tourism. And in Ibiza, I think that really what makes a difference, at least for us, is that 50 or 60 percent of the people who are coming on a regular basis are actually island people and are already a community here. I think that when you compare it to, let's say, Scorpio or Papaya Playa, which are fantastic places, but they're, I would say, 80 or 90 percent tourism. Um, which, you know, looking at the level of what they achieve and the size of the venue is totally normal, they need to live from tourism. The the advantage or the privilege that we have in Ibiza with what we create is that we are small. So we can keep it intimate and we're not depending on tourism. Of course we want to have a mix because nobody wants to always hang out with the same people. So it's this kind of magic by creating this mix between people from, from the outside and people from the inside that makes something very special. Um, I think that Scorpios, for example, is an unbelievable space, but it's such a big space and it needs so much manpower and so much promotion and so many headliners that it's a totally different yeah. beast to what we are doing. And I would say pretty much the same with Papaya Playa also. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, La Granca, would. What are the other spots on on the island that have a similar vibe? And that if you say, if you like La Granca, not only the party, but also the place, the food and the whole concept, what are the other spots on the island that you would recommend for people that are seeking for such an environment?
1: I would say there's not that many, but I would say that actually where we're sitting now in Las Mm Dalias is for me one of the most authentic places on the island. This venue has been running since the mid-early 70s, I think 73, and had all types of people, from Bob Marley to Manu Chao to The Stones. Pretty much every rock star has passed by this place. And uh, they have a very, very old party that has been running, I think, for 20 years, if not more, called Namaste, Mm -hmm. that has, in the last few years, also invested time and energy into bringing younger acts and like electronic music acts and they're doing super well um, and that's on a uh, Wednesday
0: Is it the one also where Igor, Igo Mario, khan and all those people played in summer or is it a different I'm one? I'm
1: not sure, I think that might be rumors so it could be so Dalias has this like event that's been going for 20 years that is super authentic and I love it in the sense that it's immersive because you can come from New York mm-hmm. and come to this place and you're like wow I get the magic and I get how it was 20 years ago and on top of that the new the people who are now running the whole concept are really bringing in new promoters they've been working in the past with Acid Pauli they've been working with Rumors they've been working with a lot of like cool artists from Berlin and from London and I think that this summer they will come up with a really really interesting musical concept Um, and for me yeah that's definitely a a second option Mm -hmm. to go and and check out other than that I would say that there's not that much
0: and besides party (laughs) like restaurants bar cafes
1: so I mean I have a lot of different places that I really like Um, I'm very much more into the traditional places, you know, like up in the north. Um, But, you know, La Paloma is fantastic. Uh, In the south, La Escollera is very beautiful. For those who are really into meat, Balafia is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, There's been uh, a renovation of the old Canapepeta restaurant on the road to San Juan that has been taken over by this Michelin star chef called David Reartes. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of stuff in the north especially that is happening. And I can send you a whole list, <laughs> but I can't yes. remember now. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: what do you think, like the local acts or the local people from the scene, where do they hang out?
1: I think that most of the people that are living here or around are kind of hiding a little bit and they all go to their small little mm-hmm. local spots. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, I bumped in into a promoter I was working with 15 years ago in London in the, in the post office of San Carlos. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think uh, people hang out just in their local neighborhoods, Baranitas in San Carlos. I hang out here in Las Dalías. Then, you know, those who live in Santa Gertrudis would maybe go to La Paloma. It's, it's very local. In the, in the end, it's a big village and people hang out where they feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah.
0: At the end of our interview, um, can you maybe give us an outlook of how you think the island looks like in five years? Your personal opinion.
1: Oh, okay. Mm. My personal opinion is that I'm not sure if there's a decline. I think that a lot of people have been coming to Visa for many years. And as I said, we attracted a big uh, VIP Tourists, tourism or concierge kind of tourism and I think that unfortunately the prices have gone really high and a lot of people have been a little bit disappointed in the t- in terms of what they're paying and what they're getting back and I think that a lot of other places have grown in the last few years as Mykonos, as you know, um, in Bali there's a lot of stuff going on, Croatia has been massive for festivals and people... You know, don't want to spend so much money. So I'm feeling that perhaps in the next few years, we will start losing a little bit of this like money crowd in the sense that they can get better in other places. Mm And I'm thinking that we will get more and more people moving from places like Berlin, places like London, who want to come here and have a better lifestyle, who want to live for an extended season, and who just want, as you said, be more in contact with nature. So I think there will be a bit of a change in the club scene, in the music industry. And I hope that we will get back to what it was maybe 15 mm-hmm. or 20 years ago. Uh, a little bit more I know we can't go totally back to that but maybe we'll shift back a little bit
0: I talked to Anna Tour in May during the IMS and she said that she thinks the scene will collapse and totally rebuild itself do you share this opinion
1: I don't think if it, I don't know if it will collapse but it will merge into something new things always recycle merge and you know because we're getting a lot of influences from other countries other people coming in you know there's always new elite new people new thinkers new creative that come in and help pushing whatever we're doing in a different direction Mm -hmm. so collapsing maybe not but definitely changing yeah
0: and an outlook to your winter on Ivisa the next month Ah. what are you doing (laughs) what are you looking forward to maybe some news you would like to share
1: um so next month so for me i'm I'm actually only here for another couple of weeks, <laughs> after which I'm going to Mexico for, for different gigs in, in Tulum and in Mexico City, uh, Oaxaca. And after that, I'm going to spend probably three or four weeks there. After that, I'm coming back, spend some time in the studio with friends. And after that, I'm going to Asia for another tour. So my winter is kind of split up between the different destinations. And the quality time I get when I come back here. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's touring and studio and some quiet weeks here exactly. on the island.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: that looks fantastic. Thank you so much for all the information, for all the stories you shared. And hope to see you on La Granca soon and also here on the island.
1: Amazing. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: I hope you enjoyed the interview with Jaime as much as I did. Um, I found his words very interesting and they really touched my heart. And it's absolutely also the way I see the music industry on Ibiza. And stay tuned for more. Next week there will be the interview with his dad, DJ Alfredo, where we dive into the beginnings of the Balearic movement on Ibiza. So exciting times are coming thank you so much for listening rock and roll and stay tuned